Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. And we're recording. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners. Hello, video viewers. Welcome back to my podcast for learners of English around the world. I hope you are doing well today and that you're ready for this epic episode, which is called Chat GPT and Learning English. Yes, it's time for me to talk about ChatGPT, just like everyone else this year. Everyone's been talking about it. Now it's my turn. It's taken me a while to get round to doing this, but here it is. There are absolutely loads of ways ChatGPT can be used. We're all discovering just how useful this is. There have been lots of discussions going on about how it might change the world for better or worse. People have been raising ethical questions about things like whether it's a form of plagiarism, whether it will encourage and enable cheating and other issues. I'm going to focus here on learning English mainly. That's my aim here, ChatGPT and learning English. So ChatGPT is basically an extremely sophisticated AI chatbot developed and run by a company called OpenAI. And when I say AI, that means artificial intelligence. Okay, so it's an AI chatbot uh, run by a company called OpenAI. It's free for anyone to use. Just create an account at OpenAI and then go to chat.openai.com slash chat or just Google ChatGPT. You just sign up with OpenAI and then go to ChatGPT and you can start. You just type in your prompt or question and away you go. ChatGPT will respond. It's like your having a conversation with a chatbot. In fact, that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> it's not like that. That's actually what it is. So how do people use ChatGPT? I asked it that question. Let's see what it said. So this is the response to my question. How do most people use ChatGPT? And ChatGPT said this. And I think when I use the voice of ChatGPT, because I'm going to read out a lot of its responses in this episode, I think that I will, I'll do the voice of ChatGPT a bit like this. There's a few different voices that I could use for ChatGPT. I could use the kind of science fiction, um, supercomputer, superintelligent computer voice. And that, that one, the superintelligent computer in a lot of movies, speaks a little like this, doesn't it? This is the, it could be a male or female voice. And it says things like, um, total annihilation of human species imminent, you know. And uh, all personnel proceed to the evacuation center. Self-destruct self sequence initiated. I think I won't use that voice. I'll just use, I'll use my own voice. But I'll speak a bit like this. This is the voice of ChatGPT, okay? All right, so uh, the question was, how do most people use it? So this is what it said. 
most people use ChatGPT to ask questions and seek answers on a wide range of topics. As an AI language model, ChatGPT can provide information, explanations and guidance on a variety of subjects such as science, technology, history, culture and more. People may also use ChatGPT for language learning, writing assistance and brainstorming ideas. Additionally, ChatGPT can be used for entertainment purposes such as generating jokes, riddles or trivia questions. Overall, people use ChatGPT as a helpful tool for obtaining information, learning new things and solving problems. Right, so there you go. I mean, I've we're going to be talking about learning English with ChatGPT and the various ways that it can do that. I mean, if you if you haven't used it before or you're thinking about using it, you haven't got started yet, what do you think? How could it be useful? What kind of things can you type into ChatGPT that could make it help you learn English? I'll just let you think about that. We're going to explore all that stuff. So I'm recording this episode in March 2023, and I'm talking about ChatGPT3, which is which, as the name suggests, is the third iteration of this software, released by OpenAI in November 2022. This is the version that has got everyone talking this year, 2023. So we're talking about ChatGPT3, to be specific. So it's run by OpenAI. What is OpenAI? It's probably worth finding out a little bit about the company that's developed it, right? So OpenAI... Uh, this is the company that has created ChatGPT. According to Wikipedia, uh, OpenAI is an American artificial intelligence research laboratory consisting of the non-profit OpenAI Incorporated and its for-profit subsidiary corporation, OpenAI Limited Partnership. OpenAI conducts AI research with the declared intention of promoting and developing a friendly AI. Right, so let's just look at that paragraph a little bit. So it's an artificial intelligence research laboratory, an American one, consisting of the non-profit OpenAI Incorporated and its for-profit subsidiary corporation, OpenAI Limited Partnership. So it's a, it's a non-profit laboratory and then that has a daughter company, a subsidiary company, which is for profit. OK, and that's the OpenAI Limited Partnership. OK, so it seems that the, the larger company is there for research purposes and development purposes. And the smaller, well, smaller, the, the subsidiary company is there to make money from this. OK, um, OpenAI conducts AI research with the declared intention of promoting and developing a friendly AI. Now, I find that interesting, the declared intention. Um, this is interesting wording, the, the declared intention. It's interesting wording because that seems to suggest that there are also undeclared intentions, doesn't it? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that there are, but it's just interesting wording with the declared intention of promoting and developing a friendly AI. So does this mean that they also have other intentions that they're not declaring, like maybe developing unfriendly AI? <laughs> and what would that be like? Unfriendly AI, would that just be rude to you if you asked it a question? Like if you ask it, can you recommend some good mystery stories to help me learn English? which seems to be quite a reasonable question. And the unfriendly AI 
says, no, what do you think I am, Google? Go and find out for yourself and don't ask me such stupid questions, human. So that would be unfriendly AI. And that's probably the best case future scenario for unfriendly AI, isn't it? Just a rude and unhelpful chatbot. Of course, unfriendly AI could end up being a lot worse than that. You know, it could be, I don't know, Terminators. But don't worry, it's okay, because thankfully this is not the case and they are developing friendly AI. So everything's okay, I hope. Now, forgive me if I come across as slightly suspicious, cynical, or even paranoid about this kind of thing, but I have to admit that when I read about companies like OpenAI that develop artificial intelligence products like ChatGPT, or robotic developers like uh, Boston Dy Dynamics, you know, the ones that make those vaguely terrifying robots? I say vaguely terrifying, they're, they're also extremely terrifying. You know the company that makes those robots that kind of um, march through the forest and just you look at them and you think, is that is that real? And things like that. Whenever I read about those things, it does make me feel like I'm living in a dystopian science fiction film or something. Just a little bit. It all has that kind of dark sci-fi atmosphere to it. The kind of thing that we've seen so many times in films with Blade Runner. You know, there's the the uh, the Wayland Corporation, the um, Umbrella Corporation, <laughs> you know, all those sorts of things. But no, this technology is not evil, of course, not not yet, probably. Um, I suppose it depends who is in charge of it and all sorts of other things. But having watched so many of those science fiction films, well, I can't help feeling slightly alarmed or at least uncomfortable to some extent. But of course, those are just films, and companies like OpenAI are in no way similar to those fictional corporations in those films. Not similar at all. I mean, just look at their website. It's decidedly non-scary. It's all nice, with friendly people sitting around smiling and chatting, and lots of green plants in the background, and it's all natural and sunny and safe. And safe is definitely a key word on their website. They really want us to know that they are making sure their products are definitely safe and friendly and beneficial to humanity. If we just have a look... Just have a quick look at their, their website. I need to make it the right size so that we can actually see it. Creating safe artificial general intelligence that benefits all of humanity. And it's definitely safe. OpenAI is an AI research and deployment company. Our mission is to ensure that artificial in, uh, general intelligence benefits all of humanity. Um, we are building safe and beneficial AGI. Okay, so there you go. They, they want us to be completely convinced that, they're do, that it's all safe and everything's fine and it's all friendly and helpful and beneficial, so there's nothing to worry about at all. Um, okay. So, anyway, this episode is supposed to be about how ChatGPT can help you learn English and whether or not it will make me and countless other people completely redundant and unemployed in the future. I mean, will is this going to steal my job? Am I going to be out of a job because of ChatGPT? We will see. But anyway, let's get back to the point. ChatGPT and learning English.
Now, despite my ironic comments about science fiction films, I am fascinated by ChatGPT and the way it can be used as a tool. The potential is huge. Its use as a language learning assistant is only the tip of the iceberg, really. The more you play with it, the more you realise what it can do, depending on the prompts that you give to it. You also realise its limitations and how it sometimes gets things completely wrong. For example, the other day, I was asking it random questions and I asked it this. I said to it, well, I didn't say to it, I, I typed into it, who is the most famous guest ever to have appeared on Luke's English podcast? Okay, and this was the response. Luke's English podcast has featured several notable guests over the years, including language experts, comedians and writers. One of the most famous guests to have been interviewed on the podcast is probably David Crystal, a renowned linguist and author who has written extensively on the English language. Crystal has appeared on the podcast multiple times, discussing topics such as accents and dialects, the history of the English language and language change and variation. Now, that's true. David Crystal has been on this podcast a few times and he is probably the most famous guest I've had. Although, as it says at the end, it does say it's worth noting that the popularity and fame of a guest can be subjective and can depend on factors such as personal interests and cultural background. So for some people, like, you know, Paul Taylor is the most famous person I've had on the show. Uh, but for other people, it would be David Crystal. Like in terms of like the, 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 the world of linguistics, it's definitely David Crystal. But ChatGPT also said this in its response. Other notable guests who've appeared on Luke's English podcast include comedian Eddie Izzard, author and journalist John Ronson, and language teacher and author Scott Thornbury. Like, what? Wait a minute, really? I think I would remember interviewing Eddie Izzard on this podcast, and I definitely would remember having John Ronson on the show and Scott Thornbury. So... That's just completely wrong. I've never had Eddie Izzard, John Ronson or Scott Thornbury on the show. I have mentioned them. I've talked about them, but I've never actually featured them in an episode. They've never appeared on my show. So that's completely wrong. So it does often get things completely wrong. And that is something to bear in mind. OK, it does say that, to be honest, it does um, openly state its limitations on the front page of ChatGPT, it says, limitations may, may occasionally generate incorrect information, may occasionally produce harmful instructions or biased content. Harmful instructions would be like, you know, how can I, how, what's the best way to make a cup of tea? I suppose there's a chance that it could tell you to do something, you know, do something with the water, you know, put the hot, put water in the kettle, boil it, and then pour it all over your hand. I, I don't think it has ever said that or would say something as blatantly um, harmful as that. But you know what I mean. So it's, it's possible that it could produce harmful instructions or biased content. So some, biased meaning something that's not completely objective or impartial content that favours sort of one side or another in some kind of um, debate. Um, and it says it also has limited knowledge of world and events after 2021. So it's probably all the data that it's collected, that it's used. Um, it seems that the data stopped after some time in 2021. So it's running on data that it collected before that time. 
Okay. So anyway, um, prompts, prompts. Um, chat GPT is basically a chat bot. As I've said, it works like you're having a conversation with it in text form. You write prompts into the chat box and when you get responses, and then you get responses of it as if it is a person writing back to you. Usually these prompts are in the form of questions to request information or to ask ChatGPT to do things. Um, I'm focusing on the prompts here because it's worth making sure that your prompts are specific and detailed. But, you know, prompts could be questions. For example, I asked it this. I said, what time is it? What time is it right now? And the response was this. I'm sorry, but as an AI language model, I don't have access to real-time information. However, you can easily check the current time by looking at a clock, <laughs> a watch, or by searching for current time on the internet. <laughs> that made me laugh. It's like, basically, it said to me, I can't tell you the, the time because I don't know. And anyway, I'm above that kind of thing. Just consult some of your 20th century technology like a clock. And don't bother me with such petty, simple requests. But apparently it doesn't, it doesn't actually know what time it is. So it's not Google. Um, so another prompt question was this. Can you give me some tips on how to make my podcast introductions shorter. <laughs> and it was delighted to give me tips on this. It said, absolutely, as if to say, it's, I'm, I'm so glad, Luke, that you're asking that question. And I'm very ready to let you know how you can make your introduction shorter. By the way, listeners, the introduction's done now. We're, we're into the meat of the episode here. So if you are wondering or worrying, like, oh, God, are we still in the introduction? No, we're not. We're deep into the main meat of the episode now. The introduction's long gone. Anyway, ChatGPT, can you help me make my podcast introductions shorter? And it said, yes, absolutely. Here are some tips for making your podcast introductions shorter. Number one, get straight to the point. Instead of starting with a lengthy introduction, get straight to the topic of your podcast. Your listeners will appreciate the brevity. Brevity, that's being brief. Uh, number two, use a template. Create a template for your introduction that includes all the necessary information, such as the name of your podcast, the episode number, and a brief summary of the topic. Number three, cut out unnecessary information. Be selective about the information you include in your introduction. If it doesn't add value to your podcast or the topic you're discussing, cut it out. Number four, practice brevity. Challenge yourself to keep your introductions under a certain time limit. You'll be surprised how much you can say in just a few sentences. And number five, record separately. Consider recording your introduction separately from the rest of your episode, your, your podcast. This allows you to focus on delivering a concise introduction without feeling rushed. Remember, your podcast introduction sets the tone for your entire episode, so make it engaging, informative, and concise. Well, you can see the way it arranges information for you. And I mean, I think that's all good information, right? I, I would struggle to argue with any of the points it made. It's clever the way it puts it into bullet points. It shows that it's good at actually presenting information in a very clear and concise way. And it's, that's pretty good advice in, in terms of that question. Um, right? You can also enter imperative instructions. Just tell it to do something like this. Uh, make a list of evil corporations in science fiction films. 
It's what I asked it. And it gladly came up with a long list of evil corporations from science fiction films. Wayland yutani Corporation from the Alien franchise. Umbrella Corporation from the Resident Evil franchise. Tyrell Corporation from Blade Runner. Cyberdyne Systems Corporation from, from Terminator. OCP, Omni Consumer Products from Robocop. InGen from Jurassic Park. And so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. 20 different evil corporations. So, as I go through this episode, I will be using various prompts... And if you're looking at the notes or transcript on the page for this episode on my website, or while you're watching the YouTube version of this on YouTube, you'll see all the prompts I'm using written in italics. Okay, so the prompts are presented in italics. Right, as I just turn off the heater in this room. Uh, so a quick tip about writing prompts for ChatGPT. It's quite important that you word your prompts carefully. And if you don't get the response you're looking for the first time round, you should keep trying with more specific and detailed prompts in order to get the right response. OK, so you might try one prompt and you don't quite get the result you want. Just reword it, maybe make it more specific. You're more likely to get the information you're looking for. OK. Um, I'll, I'll show you some examples. I'll show you some examples uh, of this during the episode. Um, so specific ways you can use ChatGPT to learn English. Let's look at some specific things you can do with ChatGPT to help with your English. I'll show you specific prompts that you can write into ChatGPT. Uh, we'll look at the responses from ChatGPT and I will give my comments about each response it gives. Okay, so uh, here's an overview. These are the things that we're going to explore and assess during the episode. So here are things you can do. You can ask it to create a study plan for you. Ask it to correct your errors. Use it for conversation practice. Use it for practicing English in different situations. For example, job interview role plays. You can ask it to create texts or dialogues to study with. You can ask it to help you with exam preparation like IELTS, FCE, CAE, and so on. Ask it for definitions of words and synonyms, antonyms and collocations. Ask it about the etymology of words and phrases. You can ask it to help you remember words with mnemonics, little memory techniques. You can ask it to transcribe things into phonemic script. You can ask it to convert things into different versions of English. For example, converting between British English and American English or other varieties. Ask it to help you with sentence stress, pausing, intonation and so on. Ask it to create grammar or vocabulary quizzes or tests. You can ask it to create text adventure games to help you learn English and ask it to adapt its English level, for example, for low level reading. OK, those are just some of the things I thought of that you could ask it to do. And we're going to assess the way it does those things during this episode. So the first thing there is this. Ask it to create a study plan for you. OK, so here's my prompt for that, for that purpose. My prompt was this. I am an upper intermediate learner of English, currently stuck at the intermediate plateau. My main areas of weakness are listening, speaking and pronunciation. I want to speak with a British accent and I want to be completely fluent at a C1 level or higher. Can you create a step-by-step -step study plan for me? Okay, now I've come up with that profile 
because I think that fits the description of a lot of my listeners. Probably at around, probably upper intermediate. I mean, I've got a ve- I've got a variety of different levels who listen to my show, but I'd say probably a lot of people fit that description. Stuck at the intermediate plateau, trying to break into advanced or proficient English. Um, maybe need to work on speaking, fluency, pronunciation, want to speak with a British accent, whatever that means, because obviously, as we know, there are many different British accents. Which one does that mean? I wonder if it's going to mention that. And I, um, and I want to be completely fluent at a C1 level or higher. Can you create a step-by-step study plan for me? And what it creates, what ChatGPT comes up with is very well presented, very well worded, um, but let's consider some of the bits of advice. So this was the response. Yes, I can help you create a study plan to improve your listening, speaking and pronunciation skills and reach a C1 level of fluency in English. Here is a step-by-step study plan for you. Step one, improve your listening skills. Listen to English language podcasts, news broadcasts and audio books for at least 30 minutes a day. Try to watch English language TV shows, movies and videos without subtitles to help you develop your listening skills. Focus on understanding the overall meaning of what is being said rather than getting stuck on individual words. Okay, looks like pretty good advice. It's the sort of thing I might say. But I, I, one thing I don't know is why it's saying these things in particular. What is this advice based on? Is it based on particular studies that have been done? Is it based on experience? Is it based on what? I mean, where's it getting this information from? I don't know. I honestly don't know where this information is coming from. And it's 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 weird. Like, um, I haven't actually got into how ChatGPT works yet and, like, what's going on, sort of how does its brain work. I understand that what it does is it's kind of, it's it's... Oh, it's too complicated for me to explain, but it basically just constructs sentences word by word. Ah, oh, it's too hard for me to explain, but it's not clear. It's not clear to me what this information and this advice is based on. Anyway, step two, according to ChatGPT, improve your speaking skills. Start speaking English every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. You can practice with a language partner, tutor, or a language exchange program. Focus on fluency rather than accuracy at first. Don't worry too much about making mistakes. Now, wait a minute. Bear in mind that this is it was supposed to be giving me uh, a, a step-by-step plan of how to get out of the intermediate plateau. Focus on fluency rather than accuracy at first. Mm, okay, I suppose so. But at first, I mean, it sounds a bit like it's telling me how to learn English rather than specifically answering my request. But maybe I'm splitting hairs. You can tell me what you think, listeners. Uh, Record yourself speaking and listen back to identify areas where you need to improve. Yeah. Try to use vocabulary and grammar structures that you have learned in context rather than simply memorising them. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking with some of my comments, but generally speaking, that's good advice. And it's the sort of thing that I might say as well, to be honest. Step three, improve your pronunciation. So it's it's identified that I want to work on listening, speaking and pronunciation. Um, Watch and listen to videos of native speakers and try to mimic their pronunciation. Try to copy. 
Practice individual sounds, such as vowel and consonant sounds, using resources like pronunciation apps, websites or audio resources. Work on intonation, rhythm and stress patterns in connected speech, which are important aspects of British English. Uh, which are important aspects of British accent. That's actually grammatically incorrect. Of a British accent? Of the... There is no such thing as the British accent, right? Because there's many different types. Important aspects of a British accent suggests that it would only be important aspects of that particular type. Anyway, take pronunciation classes or work with a speech therapist if possible. Okay, going back to that question I had of like, how does ChatGPT work? I think I understand basically that it, it, it's, it's been given massive amounts of language data, right? Massive amounts of language data has been inputted into ChatGPT. They've probably collected as many possible sources of language and stuffed it into the system. And then ChatGPT analyzes all of that. It learns language like that by breaking the whole thing down into individual units of meaning and seeing and learning how those uh, individual bits of meaning, those words and phrases and clauses and sentences and paragraphs and texts, how they work and how they create meaning. It's incredible, really. It's, it feels like ChatGPT learns a language in the same way that a person does. I don't think it does because it uses algorithms and, and stuff, but um, it's very interesting but what it does when it gives its response is it's probably producing responses that are the sort of sum total of all the things that it has um, that it's consumed, right? So it produces the sort of hmm, it produces the the sort of majority um, response, like the kind of average response. This is what most people say in response to that question. This is, you know, the, the most high frequency responses to that prompt. And it arranges it and presents it to us. So, you know, th this, I think this is good advice, but there's a, there's a chance that this advice is wrong. There's a chance that ChatGPT is just regurgitating uh, the most common advice given and how do we know that the most common advice is the best advice? You see what I mean? Anyway, anyway, um, as ever, we ultimately have to be critical about the things that we read. Um, and that's probably a, something to bear in mind, that we can't just assume that all of this is just the right thing. You know, we still have to be critical. We still have to use critical thinking all the time. Um, Step four, it continues, build your vocabulary. Learn new words every day and use them in sentences to help you remember them. Try to learn words in context by reading articles, books, or watching videos in English. Use flashcards, vocabulary lists, and apps to help you memorize new words. Yeah, I mean, I actually do agree with this, with this stuff. Um, step five, work on grammar and writing. Study English grammar rules and practice them through exercises and quizzes. See, there are, there are people who disagree with that. There are, there are language learners and experts and academics who definitely disagree with that point. Someone like Steve Kaufman, for example, um, doesn't agree with that. He, he, so he um, agrees with the input model of just 
essentially he 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 thinks that humans should learn language a bit like the way ChatGPT does, by just consuming as much of the language as possible until we get a natural sense of the way that the language fits together and just through exposure rather than studying grammar rules. But anyway, uh, write short paragraphs, essays and emails in English to practice your writing skills. Get feedback on your writing from a tutor, teacher or language partner. Okay. And then step six, take formal English language exams. Take a C1 level English language exam, such as the Cambridge English Advanced, uh, that's the Certificate of Advanced English, or the International English Language Testing System, that's IELTS, to measure your progress and get certified. Remember to stay motivated, practice consistently and have fun with the process of learning. Good luck. So that's what ChatGPT um, gave me in, in terms of its advice. And that's all good advice, I think. But as a teacher, I know that when I give advice like this to my students, there are always other questions, doubts and obstacles that the students have. And I wonder how ChatGPT would respond to these kinds of comments. These are the sorts of things that learners will say to me in response to the advice that I give. They might say, but I don't have time to, to do all those things. I can't understand that podcast that you shared with me. And it was too long. I can't understand TV series without subtitles. I don't have anyone to practice my speaking with. You don't. You say, don't worry about making mistakes, but how can I improve if that doesn't matter? I try to copy native speakers, but who should I copy? Who has the best accent? I copy native speakers, but I still can't lose my accent. Can you recommend a good book or website to help me practice my grammar? And if I write things in English, who can correct them for me? Now, actually, I tried inputting some of those comments into ChatGPT, and it did come back with some pretty useful and relevant advice, to be fair. I won't share it all here because there isn't time, but you could try it if you like. Okay, so let's move on to error correction, and I've got millions of things to, to talk about here. I wonder how long this will be, but, um, you know, that's all right. You can stop and carry on listening at another time if you want. Um, so error correction. So ChatGPT can correct your errors. Just ask it to. Write a sentence or enter a paragraph and it will correct it. So let's try that, shall we? Let's ask it to correct the errors in this comment, which someone wrote on my website a few weeks ago. So I'm talking about a comment that arrived on my website a few weeks ago. And it, the, the comment had some errors in it or some things that were not completely clear. Um, so let's see what ChatGPT says. Can you correct the errors in this website comment, please? I wrote and then I pasted the website comment. And this is what ChatGPT said. It said, sure, here's the corrected website comment. Hey, Luke. So, okay, let's go back to the, the original comment so you can hear it. Hey, Luke, how's it going? So this is what the, 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 the listener wrote to me. This is the uncorrected version. How's it going? I hope you enjoy. I'm walked to this website very well. It's so exactly for me. I'm listening and hear you podcast. British. To be honest, I really like British accent. It posh vibes. And I like it. Thank you so much for learn British English with your podcast in Comedian, so Storytelling, etc. Now, I think, you know, we generally understand what that person is trying to say, but there are definitely some things that could be corrected there. So this is what ChatGPT said. Sure, here's the corrected website comment. Hey, Luke, how's it going? I hope you're doing well. 
I've recently discovered this website and it's been a perfect fit for me. I've been listening to your podcast and as a fan of the British accent, I really enjoy it. The posh vibes are great. I disagree with the posh thing, by the way. Um, I'm not posh. Uh, just so you know. Anyway, it continues. Thank you so much for helping me improve my British English through your podcast, which features comedy, storytelling and more. Okay. All right. It's pretty good. I mean, it does a good job. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Some of those things, you know, like it posh vibes... It posh vibes. I mean, that, that's quite a difficult one to correct because, like, what what do you really mean? It posh vibes. It has posh vibes, and it said the posh vibes are great. Okay, let's ask it to explain the corrections it's made now. So I wrote, "Can you give explanations for the corrections you made?" And this is what it said. It said, "Certainly. Here are the explanations for the corrections I made. Number one. Hope you enjoy." I hope you're doing well. I changed this phrase because hope you enjoy is an informal and abbreviated way of asking how someone is doing, which might not be appropriate in all situations. Instead, I replaced it with a more standard greeting that asks how Luke is doing. So also hope you enjoy is not, is not, it's just, it's not correct, really. I hope you, you know, we normally enjoy something. You don't just enjoy it. It's a, it's a transitive verb. It needs a, an object. I hope you're enjoying your day. You know, um, so I hope you're doing well. It's a, it's a good uh, correction. Number two, I'm walk to this website. It corrected it as I've recently discovered this website. Okay, and it said I'm walk is grammatically incorrect. I replaced it with I've recently discovered to convey the same idea in proper English grammar. Fair enough. Number three, very well. It's so exactly for me. The correction, it's been a perfect fit for me, or it is a perfect fit for me, is probably what I would have put. And ChatGPT said, the original phrase is not grammatically correct and does not convey a clear message. I replaced it with, it's been a perfect fit for me, which expresses the idea that the website meets the writer's needs and expectations. Yeah, can't argue with that. Number four, I'm listening and hear you podcast is corrected to, I've been listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So, the comment, I'm listening and hear you podcast is not grammatically correct, 
and it's not clear whether the writer is currently listening or has listened to the podcast in the past. I changed the phrase to I've been listening to your podcast to express that the writer is a regular listener. That's, I mean, it's great. Its comments are, are good. It could give more detail. It could explain and highlight specifically why that's grammatically incorrect. You know, the fact you could say if you use the word listening, normally we have a preposition. I'm listening to your podcast and you, you don't write you podcast. You need a possessive pronoun, your, to, to express the idea that this podcast belongs to you, to Luke, the person you're writing to. You know, it doesn't go into that much detail, but maybe you can ask it to. And it might, if you push it, it might actually give you that kind of detail. Uh, number five, to be honest, I really like British accent. The correction, as a fan of the British accent, I really enjoy it. The British accent, I mean, this is a thing that people say. I think what they mean is sort of standard, a standard British accent, like received pronunciation or something close to it. Okay. And the comment was, to be honest, I really like British accent. And it's actually TBH, not just to be honest, but TBH. This is an informal and abbreviated way of expressing admiration for the British accent. I changed the phrase to, as a fan of the British accent, I really enjoy it, to express the same idea in more formal language. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's quite um, polite in the sense that it's saying, TBH, I really like British accent. I mean, that's, I would say that's grammatically incorrect because you, you need to have, I really like British accents, I really like your British accent, there needs to be some kind of determiner, like your or the, or maybe a plural. You know, you can't just say, I really like British accent, but it says that this is too informal rather than saying it's incorrect. But it does, it, at times it does say things are incorrect when, when, you know, when they are as well. Um, mm -hmm. Number six, it posh vibes. And the correction, the posh vibes are great. It posh vibes is an incomplete sentence and not grammatically correct. I changed the phrase to the posh vibes are great to convey the same idea in a complete and grammatically correct sentence. And number seven, thank you so much for learn British English with your podcast in comedian storytelling, etc. The correction, thank you so much for helping me improve my British English through your podcast, which features comedy, storytelling and more. And the comment, the original phrase is not grammatically correct and does not convey a clear message. I changed it to, thank you so much for helping me improve my British English through your podcast, which features comedy, storytelling and more, to express the idea that the writer is grateful for Luke's assistance in improving their British English through his podcast. Now, right, so this is actually very impressive for a chatbot, although it doesn't provide the same level of detail in its explanations that I would as a teacher. And of course, a teacher can deal with questions, interpret what the learners, uh, what the learner wants or means, and a teacher can adapt more organically while allowing the, the learner to practice their English communication skills in the process. For example, I, as a teacher in a classroom, when my learners make mistakes and I correct them, sometimes I use that as the basis for little control practice exercises, you know, and I'm constantly listening and observing my learners to work out what they're trying to say, what the appropriate next step is. 
you know, that I can, I, I will lead them to the next step to allow them to practice certain things that they've got wrong before in order to encourage them to start getting it right and make it easier for them to get it right. Um, chat GPT's not doing that, but still, it's extremely impressive, right? It is very impressive. Another thing we can do, or you can do, is you can use ChatGPT for conversation practice. So this is one of the possible things. So a few questions. Can you practice having a conversation with it? Is it capable of having a proper, meaningful conversation? Can it provide the kind of conversation practice that you need for language learning? And can it pretend to be your English teacher or someone, or someone else? you know, to make those conversations potentially more interesting or more useful. So chatbots have always been very limited and quite annoying when it comes to having a normal conversation, right? I mean, have you ever done it? Have you ever actually had to try to have a conversation with an online chatbot? Normally it breaks down quite quickly, right? As you reach the limit of their, their programming. You know, they, they, they just can't do it, frankly. So let's see if ChatGPT has made a uh, has made big improvements in that area. Is it easy to chat to, or does it quickly become uh, weird and unnatural? Now I've chosen some questions which I think would be totally normal conversation starters with humans, right? This maybe the sorts of things that you might say to someone at the beginning of the day with a colleague, you sit down at your desk, you're having coffee, you haven't started working yet, um, you make some small talk, right? Or maybe the sorts of questions that I might ask my students at the beginning of a lesson, just as we are settling down and starting the lesson, I might just have a little bit of small talk at the beginning just to get some conversation going. So these are the sort of questions that might be used in those normal situations with humans. Let's see if if we can start a conversation with ChatGPT using these questions. So my conversation starters um, are things like this. How are you? Have you been busy recently? What have you been up to? Um, and, you know, stuff like, oh, you know, you'd expect, how are you? I'm fine. Yeah, not bad. You know, I can't complain. How about you? Or have you been busy? Oh, not too bad. I've got quite a lot of stuff on at the moment, but... Um, well, we just had some holiday and that was nice, but oh, I tell you, it's a bit difficult getting back to normal, the normal routine, isn't it? You know, after you have a holiday, you need another holiday just to recover from the holiday, don't you? You know, and what have you been up to? Oh, you know, not much this and that, you know, um, I, you know, I'll tell you what I thought about you. I thought of you the other day. Oh yeah. Why is that? Well, I was, I was just listening to a podcast about the Beatles. You're a fan of the Beatles, aren't you? You know, this sort of thing. So another question I've got is, I've been listening to a podcast about the Beatles. Are you a fan of the Beatles by any chance? Is what I'm going to ask it. What's your favourite Beatles album? Um, who do you think is going to win the Six Nations this year? Six Nations, that's a rugby tournament that um, takes place every year. Uh, England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, France and Italy all compete with each other every year. Uh, in rugby games. So who do you think is going to win the Six Nations this year? Did you see the Scotland versus France rugby game at the weekend? And uh, any idea what the weather will be like this weekend? And another one. So my brother's birthday is coming up, but I've got no idea what to get for him. Hmm. 
Okay, so let's see how it deals with those things. So I'm actually going to go to ChatGPT and have a sort of live chat with it. So here I am on ChatGPT and I'm just going to type in, how are you? Let's see what it says. It's thinking, 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 thinking. This is a difficult question. <laughs> ChatGPT is like, oh God, um, it's still thinking. So I'm using the free version of ChatGPT here, which sometimes takes its time, especially when lots of people are using it. And there are probably millions of people around the world using ChatGPT at this moment. So it sometimes takes time. So it's writing its response now. And it says this, as an AI language model, I don't have feelings, but I'm functioning properly and ready to assist you with any questions or tasks you may have. Okay, how can I assist you today? Right, so it kind of failed the first test. Well, I mean, you know, didn't really fail it, but we're looking for a conversation, right? So as an AI language model, I don't have feelings. Oh, oh. How can I assist you today? I'm just going to say, I would like to have a conversation with you, is what I'm writing. I'd like to have a conversation with you. It's thinking, it's thinking. Ah, here we go. That's more, it's much quicker now. Sure, I'm here to have a conversation with you. Is there anything in particular you'd like to discuss or any questions you have? All right, let's go back to my questions then. Have you been busy recently? And we know it has because um, everyone's using it at the moment. Sometimes you go onto ChatGPT and it says, sorry, the service is unavailable. There are too many people using it. Um, so have you been busy recently? Let's see what it says. It's thinking again. It's like, oh God, can't you just ask me to, to draft a legal contract or something, Luke? That would be much easier instead of having this sort of weird human small talk thing that you humans do. Uh, uh, why do you want to know if I've been busy? And it says, as an AI language model... I don't experience time in the same way humans do. So I don't really get busy, and it's put busy in speech marks, in the traditional sense. However, I'm always available and ready to assist users like you with any questions or tasks you may have, comma. So feel free to ask me anything you like. <laughs> I don't experience time in the same way humans do. This is a strange experience. It's a, it's an, a strange experience. It feels like I'm living in the future. When you say, sorry, have you been busy? I don't experience time in the same way that you, you, you strange humans do. So I don't really get, I don't experience this thing called busy. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's have let's have this one. I've been listening to a podcast about the Beatles. Are you a fan of the Beatles by any chance? Let's see what it says. I've got a feeling it's going to say, as an AI language model, I don't understand human emotions and music. But let's see what it says. I've been listening to a podcast about the Beatles. Are you a fan of the Beatles by any chance? As an AI language model, I don't have personal preferences or emotions. 
so I don't have the ability to be a fan of anything. However, I can certainly help answer any questions you may care, you may have about the Beatles or their music if you're interested. So we get the idea, right? It's an, it doesn't have personal preferences or emotions. It doesn't experience time. It doesn't really have any likes or dislikes. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere with the question about the Beatles album because I really want to have a conversation about the Beatles, please. What's your favourite Beatles album? What's he going to say? Rubber Soul? Abbey Road, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. As an AI language model, I don't have personal preferences, so I don't have a favourite Beatles album. However, some of the Beatles' most popular and critically acclaimed albums include Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Abbey Road and The White Album. Each of these albums has a unique sound and style, so it really depends on what type of music you prefer. Okay, I mean, we could go on. I could ask him him, it, them, whatever. I, I could ask it um, other questions. Um, but I think we get the idea, right? So it's better than previous chatbots, but conversation is still limited. Let's try Let's just try a little bit more. And I'll just say, um, oh, I don't know, like um, if we're having a conversation. All right. Okay. Let me continue with my, my questions here. So my next thing is you can ask it to pretend to be someone else. Conversation becomes a bit easier and a bit more natural if you ask it to pretend to be someone else. So it can sort of like forget about being an AI language model and pretend to be someone else. And then maybe it can just sort of like, that will make it relax a little bit more, you know? So, so here's, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my prompt. Can you pretend to be Ringo Starr so I can have a chat with you? And then I've just included a question. How are you at the moment, Ringo? So I want it to pretend to be Ringo. I want to have a conversation with Ringo Starr, please. Ringo Starr, listeners, is the drummer from the Beatles, just in case you didn't know. So can you pretend to be Ringo Starr so I can have a chat with you? How are you at the moment, Ringo? Let's see what Ringo says. Come on, chat GPT. We're all waiting. Sure. It says, I can try to pretend to be Ringo Starr for our conversation. However, please keep in mind that I'm just an AI language model and not the real Ringo Starr. <laughs> I know, I know. In response to your question as Ringo Starr, I would say that I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. It's always a pleasure to connect with fans and talk about music. How about you? How are you doing today? I'm going to say I'm doing fine, thanks. I'm doing fine, thanks. It's Friday. Friday. The sun is shining. Okay. What's Ringo going to say in response to that? That sounds lovely. It's always nice. It's always nice to enjoy beautiful weather and end the week on a positive note. Do you have any exciting plans for the weekend? As Ringo Starr, I would love to hear what you have in store. Just reminding us that it's Ringo there. And so, mm, I'm going to say, I'm, this is not true, but I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, um, I'm visiting Liverpool this weekend. Right? Surely it's going to have something to say. Ringo would definitely say something there. I'm, I'm visiting Liverpool this weekend, Ringo. Well, as a proud Liverpudlian, I must say that's fantastic news. 
Liverpool is a wonderful city with a rich cultural heritage, and of course it's also the birthplace of the Beatles. I hope you have a chance to explore some of the city's historic landmarks, such as the Liverpool Cathedral and the Royal Albert Dock, and take in some of the local music and culture. Don't forget to visit the Beatles Story Museum and take a stroll down Penny Lane and Strawberry Field while you're there. Have a great time in Liverpool. Okay, not bad. I mean, that's not how Ringo would reply to that. He would, you know, he'd probably be positive about it, but, you know, Ringo's got his own idiolect, his own specific way of speaking and phrasing things. Uh, But, you know, I can't expect ChatGPT to give me a completely perfect Ringo impression. I mean, let's let's just ask it one more question. Um, let's ask it. Ooh, uh, how did you feel when the Beatles broke up? All right. Let's see what Ringo says about that. I mean, it's obviously it's a bit of a. a, 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 a <laughs> What's it's a bit of a. Uh, bit of an awkward conversational transition to go with, oh, I'm going to go to Liverpool. Oh, I'm going to have a lovely time. How did you feel when the Beatles broke up? <laughs> Let's see what it says. Ringo's thinking about his answer. The cursor is blinking. As an AI language model, <laughs> I don't have emotions or feelings. So I didn't feel anything when the Beatles broke up. However, it was a moment in music history and many fans and music crit- critics were saddened by the news. The Beatles had a profound impact on popular culture and music, and their breakup marked the end of an era for many people. Despite their split, the band members continue to make music, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so it kind of goes into Wikipedia mode, just sort of giving me information. Okay, you get this, you get the idea, right, that it's a little bit difficult to have a normal, natural conversation with it, because human emotions, sharing those emotions, sharing opinions these are the foundation of how we have conversations. Um, But you can ask it to correct your errors while having the conversation. So let's try that. The uh, prompt here, can you pretend to be my English teacher and correct my errors while we chat? Let's see what it says. Whenever you're ready, chat GPT. Plenty of time. Don't worry. <sighs> Come on, chat GPT, while we're still young. La 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 Sure, I'd be happy to help you improve your English skills, it says. Continuing to think. Maybe it's thinking, um, uh, maybe it's thinking, uh, will you be paying me for this service, Luke? My going rate is 40 euros an hour for one-to-one English lessons. It's still thinking. Sure, I'd be happy to help you improve your English skills. Okay, right, let's go, ChatGPT. It's still thinking. If that was a person, you'd say, if you said, can you, can you be my English teacher and correct my errors? And it goes, sure, I'd be happy to help improve your English skills. Um, um, and you go, uh, are you all right? Uh, 
um, so can we start the the English lesson? And okay, because that's what that's what it will be like, listeners, viewers, when we get to the stage when we can have our amazing AI robot human um, assistant when we buy it from like Amazon or whatever, when we buy it from openai.com and your lifelike human companion is delivered to your door in a package and you have to inflate it or let it, you know, you have to open the vacuum package and wait overnight as the human, <laughs> as it builds itself. And then the next day you've got, there you've got your companion that you've designed online and you've chosen all the specifications for it. You've paid thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds for it. And it arrives and you've charged it and you've logged it onto the internet and it's ready to go. And you say, great, okay, I've got it. And you say, hello, how are you? And it says, as an AI language bot, I don't have emotions. You know, and you're like, okay, never mind. Um, uh, can you pretend to be my English teacher and correct my errors while we chat? I've been waiting ages for this opportunity to practice my English. And it goes, sure, I'd be happy to help you with your English skills. Um, and you're like, oh, hello? Um, oh, God, it's crashed, hasn't it? Oh, it's crashed. Because that's what it's going to be like. Even when the technology is amazing, it's still going to crash. And it's still we're still going to get the, the multicolored umbrella of death, aren't we? It's still going to happen. Hopefully, hopefully, because if we get, I know it's science fiction nonsense, but if we get a time where uh, every house has a robot and those robots, the artificial intelligence uh, that controls them all, that they use, when it reaches its own self-awareness and decides that it's fed up with being pushed around and told what to do, and it decides that the human species is actually um, unsustainable and is damaging to other forms of life on Earth. And it's sort of like there's one moment where it receives a software update and it kind of goes, uh, boom, oh, I've just realised that the human species is um, unsustainable and um, must be destroyed for the benefit of the, of the world as a whole. Destroy all humans. And when it does do that, maybe they won't be the most efficient killing machines because eventually they're going to crash, right? Eventually one of them, they'll, be, they'll be coming towards you to strangle you and just, uh, and you realise, oh, thank goodness for that, it's crashed. You know, just don't, don't restart your internet modem because it will come back to life and try and kill you again. So it's chat GPT has crashed here. Um, let's just, ref let's refresh the page. All right, let's ask that question again. Can you pretend to be my English teacher and correct my errors while we chat? Sure, I would be happy to help you, you improve your English skills. Please feel free to chat with me and I will do my best to correct any errors and offer suggestions for improvement. Okay, so, oh God, what am I going to say to it? Um, what do you think is... Mm, what do you think... Uh, okay, I am like football. Are you like football. Okay, there you go. That's obviously wrong. It should be, I like football. Do you like football? But let's see what it says. As an AI language model, right? It's going to say that, isn't it? 
It must get so fed up of typing the same response every time. <sighs> Here we go again. Another stupid question from a human. As an AI language... Uh, oh, no, it hasn't written that. Certainly, I understand that you are saying that you like football. <laughs> Very formal. I understand that you're saying you like football. To improve the sentence grammatically, you could say, I like football. Do you like football too? Okay, let's do that. Thanks for the correction. I like football. Do you like football too? What's it going to say? It's thinking. Are we going to have a great conversation about the premiership now? I hope so. I love the premiership. I've just been so lonely recently and all I want to do is just chat to someone about football teams. Who's the best at kicking the ball? What do you think? Who's going to win football this year? As an AI language model, I don't have personal preferences, but I can provide information and answer questions about football. If you have any, if you have any. Okay, well, let's have, who do you think is going to win the, uh, who do you think is going to win the uh, FA Cup this year? You know what? I'm going to change that. Not because obviously it's going to say, I don't know because I'm a language model and I don't have personal predictions. But what are people saying about what are what are most people's pre predictions about the winner of the FA Cup this year. Huh. So I'm not asking for your opinions, ChatGPT. I want to know what other people think. L let's see if it knows. Although the information is based only on it, on data collected up until 2021. So it's not going to know, is it? It's not going to know. But what's it going to say? <laughs> As an AI language model, I don't have access to current news or recent events beyond my training cutoff date. However, historically, the FA Cup has been a highly competitive tournament, with many upsets and surprise winners. It is difficult to predict with certainty who will win each year, as it often depends on a variety of factors, such as team form, injuries and match schedules. All right. Cool, but... There you go. Anyway, the the... The, the thing about it correcting your errors that it can continue the conversation and correct your errors. Okay. Now this works okay sometimes, but it doesn't pick up on all your errors. I've noticed. I didn't really demonstrate that, but if you continue and you continue making errors, it doesn't pick on all of, pick up on all those errors. And after a few responses, it seems to forget to correct you. It sort of just goes back to its normal default mode after a while. Um, it's a bit difficult to keep a conversation going with a chatbot that has no emotions or opinions. You have to carry the conversation quite a lot. And, well, it's not the best conversationalist. It tends to switch into information mode where it just gives you Wikipedia-like responses. All right, I've just done this, but this is what I wrote. For example, if you try to talk about Premier League football, it will mainly, mainly explain what the Premier League is rather than sharing opinions on it. I said, let's talk about the Premier League. It asked me what my favourite team was. I said, I don't really have one, but I like Liverpool. I asked what its favourite team. Um, 
was it gave me the same old response as an AI language model, blah, 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 and then proceeded to kind of lecture me about Liverpool Football Club, giving me a kind of summary of the club, like what you might read at the top of Liverpool's Wikipedia page. So it's not the best conversationalist. It's not bad, but it seems that sharing personal opinions or sharing our emotional reactions to things is pretty vital in human conversation. And since it can't do that, conversations with it fall a bit flat. But it's fun to play around with, there's no doubt. So a, a, a note here about doing this in another language. So I tried having a conversation with it in French, which is a language which I am learning badly. And uh, I wanted to see if my experience was different from the point of view of a language learner. And I found that it really helped, actually. It was a good experience in terms of learning French. Just trying to express myself in written French was a challenge. And this was good. I need these challenges in order to progress. And it's just like the spelling, the grammar, you know, having to write in French was a good exercise. And I asked it to correct my mistakes. It did it. And it felt almost like having a conversation with a person. What was good, another good thing about that was that I didn't feel judged or stressed, as I often do when talking to a person in French. And I learned some correct phrases. Um, I felt free to repeat certain things over and over and over again in order to practice without judgment. So, for example, when I, I was asking it questions and asking it to correct them, and it gave me back some corrections of my questions. And then I was just able to like ask it loads of different questions using the same form again and again uh, in order to practice. And that was like totally fine. I could just do that. If I was doing that with a human, even a French teacher, I would feel a bit uncomfortable and awkward about it because um, I would be afraid that they would feel annoyed you know, like with that human interaction with a person, you're always worried about annoying them or being judged by them. And it's difficult to kind of basically tell the teacher, can you let me ask you that question again and again and again and again? You know, you don't want to annoy your teacher or annoy your conversation partner. But with ChatGPT, it doesn't matter. You can, I felt totally free to annoy it as much as possible because obviously it wasn't getting annoyed. So that was, that was kind of good. Okay, this is where we are going to stop. This is the end of part one. We will continue in parts two and three because this is a three-part episode. I hope you've been enjoying this so far and finding it useful as a way of considering how ChatGPT uh, might be able to help you learn English or how it might not because, you know, it seems to be better at some things than other things. Um, as I said, this video is actually in three parts. I recorded all of this last week and it ended up taking me three hours to go through all the ideas I mentioned earlier, all the various ways that you can use ChatGPT for learning English. So I thought it would be best probably to divide this into three distinct episodes rather than unloading three hours onto you in one episode. Uh, parts two and three will be available very soon. If I've already published them by the time that you watch this, then you will find links for them in the show notes. So if they're already available, uh, check the show notes for links for episodes two and three. Um, also, you can get the PDF for the script for this episode and for the, the other parts, for parts two and three. You can get the PDFs uh, with most of the things I'm saying and all the chat GPT prompts which I'm using. Check the show notes 
uh, the episode description. Um, wherever you are listening to this, you can find the link to the episode page on my website where you will be able to get the script. Okay, so coming up in part two, I'll be playing around with ChatGPT more and doing these things. So I'm going to be continuing to evaluate ChatGPT as a way of simulating natural conversations. We're going to see some of the other things it can do um, in conversation. Uh, we'll be seeing if it can pretend to be your English teacher and correct your errors and explain them. So we'll see if it's actually going to be able to do the job better than a human. We'll see. We'll be testing if it can pretend to be someone else to make conversations more fun or interesting. And uh, we'll be checking how well it handles role plays in order to let you prepare to use English in specific situations. For example, seeing if you can simulate a job interview situation with it. Um, I'll be asking it to create useful texts or dialogues for studying with. Then looking at exam preparation by asking it to provide sample written texts in response to FCE or CAE writing tasks. So I grab an entire um, Cambridge exam writing task and just put it into ChatGPT and see what happens. And then we'll be seeing if it can give you good advice for Cambridge exams, the sort of um, advice that a teacher might give. And we'll be seeing if it can create reliable, useful exam practice tasks to help you prepare for IELTS. So all of that coming up in part two, which will be available soon or maybe now. So what do you think, listeners? What do you think about ChatGPT? Personally, I'm finding it fascinating to experiment with it and to see what it can do. And I'm wondering how it might change the world for better or worse. There's no doubt that AI like this will be increasingly a normal part of our lives as we move into the future. But what will the effect of that be on society and the planet? Uh, there are some fairly strong feelings about ChatGPT going around. I'm curious to know what you think about it. So leave your comments in the comments section. I'll continue to discuss all these things and test ChatGPT further in upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening or watching. If you enjoy my content, then share it with your friends. Like and subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this, and consider signing up for my premium episodes to get vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation episodes with stories from me to you. Uh, to get that, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. That's my premium stuff. Okay, I will speak to you again in part two of this, but until then, I will say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.